Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What a finish in Buffalo. For a while, things were coming up. Buffalo looked as though they had Josh Allen. The offense had the Chiefs defense exactly where they wanted them with a monster long drive. 15 plays. But with a couple of misses inside the red zone, a couple of opportunities to get into the end zone and couldn't do it. And so they have to settle for what is a longish field goal for Tyler Bass. 147 to go in the game on fourth down and nine for the Buffalo. Placement down. Bass's kick is up, and the kick is no good. A little prophecy. Tyler Bass has struggled, and he just misses the kick. Kansas City will next snap at the 34-yard And the Chiefs will take over at the point of the missed kick. Their own 34-yard line as Tyler Bass misses this wide to the right. That was fun. Um, I love Arrowhead, but uh, it's always fun when you get to come together as a team and really just be like y'all versus versus everybody and and get the win. So uh, it's always great to be in great environments and uh, find a way to get a win. Well, it's a lot more fun when you do win. And what a celebration that missed field goal set off on the Chiefs sidelines. The call there with Mitch Holtis and company on Chiefs radio. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. And just back in Kansas City after traveling with the team, Josh Klingler, who was there on the sidelines. And I don't know, what's colder, KC or Western New York, Josh? Well, I'm part of the and company with Mitch, yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, uh, it's. Uh, currently iced over in Kansas City, so we're back to great weather. But it was warmer <laughs> than Buffalo this week than it was last week at Arrowhead. So huh. wow, uh, you, you you take it, and and winds make it warmer. Mm. That's for sure. So then, in those final seconds where Tyler Bass misses that field goal, I know the Chiefs still had to get the first down to kneel it out. But what? Uh, what tell me what it sounded like on the sidelines as that kick is missed. Well, I think it took the one more run. I think the first down run by Pacheco that really kind of put him in business, and they really thought they could finish this game out. Um, but I think the this has been a tale of this Chiefs defense, like for a good portion of the year. The offense gets the headlines, and sometimes this year it's been a little bit of lack of offense that's gotten headlines. But uh, Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator of the Chiefs, just doesn't get enough uh, uh, chatter around the league. I don't know if there's anybody better in making in-game adjustments. And you look up the scoreboard, and, the, and they do it again. Seven points in the second half. Um, you know, that, that last drive wasn't perfect. It looked like they had a couple of opportunities to get off the field, nearly got a turnover uh, in that drive as well, and kind of stuck with it, stuck with it, uh, forced, you know, as, as far back as possible for a, for a field goal 
And then, yeah, it was tough con- conditions. Wind was blowing across the field. I know Tyler Bass, after the game, said that he didn't adjust for the wind quite enough, and it wasn't the greatest uh, kicking days. Uh, but, uh, boy, that thing sailed to the right, and I think the Chiefs pretty much felt like uh, they would be able to, to run out the clock and get themselves to yet another AFC Championship game. It's been an unbelievable run, hmm. um, and this one was about as improbable as any in another classic game with the with the Bills. And I don't know. I, I find myself, Amy, a little bit thinking of the other side of things, too, because right. uh, they uh, the Chiefs are the dragons that the Bills are trying to slay, and they can get them in the regular season, but they can't get them in the playoffs. And I don't know how that gets out of your psyche. That's got to be a real tough one to live with if you're – a Buffalo player, and I'll tell you, certainly Buffalo fans, because, uh, yeah, um, the Chiefs are in their head. So this is the third time in four years the Chiefs have ended the Bills' run, and I was saying this earlier, it seemingly was coming up exactly the way the Buffalo needed it to, not just the home game against the Chiefs, but also the fact that the Bengals were out, right? Their other Chief competition over the past four years, they never even made the playoffs, and yet uh, they squander opportunities there late, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, and I said to my husband, we're watching, of course, this the end of the game, and you can hear the Chiefs players screaming. The mics are picking them up on the field, right? Because it's gone so deathly quiet at Highmark. So when Bass missed that kick, what what happened in the stand? Yeah, I, I felt like it too. There was like a stunned silence. I mean, the, there were snowballs being thrown at the Chiefs bench, you know, occasionally, which happens. It wasn't everybody or anything like that, but but they were really, really into the game. It was an awesome atmosphere. I mean, it was uh, the, the Chiefs, because they become almost a traveling road show, <laughs> Uh, get a lot of fans into wherever they're at. And this one was harshly defended by the home team. This was like a, a true, true, true road game. And so um, the Bills fans were, you know, they were animated. They were on the Chiefs bench the entire game. They, Yeah, you could almost hear a pin drop like, this mm. is going to happen again. And you just felt like the bottom dropped out again. I, again, I don't under, I don't know how you're not having nightmares waking up a Bills fan and seeing that, that Chiefs logo. It's It's got to be torturous right about now. Mitch Holtis, Dane Hughes, they've both been on the show before, and we're glad to welcome Josh Klingler back now that he's returned to Kansas City, ice scraper in hand, uh, joining us after the Chiefs broadcast. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. A lot was made of the fact that this was the first playoff road game for Patrick Mahomes and this particular crew. What did they say about that during the week? Well, I think they reveled in it. And I think Patrick Mahomes specifically does. I wouldn't call him like a a football historian or anything, but, but he has a lot of appreciation for the game. And I think there's a, there's a youthful portion of him too, that he, he talks a lot about, Hey, when, when I was growing up, I remember watching this and I remember watching that. And I always thought that'd be cool to do. And I guess he's just, freakishly talented enough to be able to go to do all those things right we could all we could all have dreams and they don't get accomplished uh patrick pretty much like just keep check marking things and so he talked about you know watching games uh in buffalo looking how cool of an atmosphere it was and his only trip into buffalo before was the COVID year and uh there were no fans there heck we weren't there the broadcasters weren't there we were calling games from from the home venue that season right. and so it wasn't the same and he was looking forward to it and then I think there's a part of them too that says you tell the you tell him you tell this team they can't do it and and they love to hear that and so um, I, I think that there was a lot of I think defense around Kansas City that it was seemingly well Buffalo gets this home game and so um, they're due and they're getting the game at home and I think that the, the Chiefs kind of took offense to that 
you looked at a lot of the, the national prognosticators, and um, I think there are a lot of receipts kept. There's probably, you know, three of every four, you know, the, the four-person panel that we see on all the television shows, Amy, right? Like three <laughs> of the four were picking the bills, and I right. think, you know, that got back to the locker room too. And so I think they were really uh, – they felt great about how they were playing. They felt great about how the practice week went. And I think we're looking forward to, to doing something they hadn't, they hadn't done collectively as a team, which was, you know, get a, get a, get a true road playoff game. They kind of jokingly counted the, the Tampa Bay Super Bowl, and that was a road game. Um, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a full house, you know, amidst uh, COVID as well. But um, I think it was kind of one more check mark for Patrick Mahomes' resume if he needed one. All right, well, let me ask you this. Since you've been on the sidelines for both, how do the atmospheres compare? Highmark Stadium playoff game, Arrowhead Stadium playoff game. I think pretty similar. I mean, uh, the, 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 the pregame in both of those places is probably unlike too many other places where it gets rowdy and it gets nuts and there's, you know, large quantities of adult beverages being uh, no. uh, screwed about. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, 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 similar feel and like similar, I think, fan bases too that, man, they, they bleed for their team. And so, um, yeah, I thought that was that – was, that was the coolest road environment I've been to. Like I said, there's usually a lot of infiltration by Chiefs fans these days, and this stadium didn't have it, so mm. it was uh, pretty much Bills Mafia the entire time. So, um, and they were they were very cordial. It's a unique stadium as well because uh, I uh, go from pregame in the broadcast booth, and you have to walk down through the stands to get to the field. Wow! And I got my my Chiefs gear on, and everybody was actually really nice. They're like, <laughs> "Hey, have a good game, have a good game," and I was like, "Wow, they're being like really kind." Um, I think it got a little got a little meaner as the night went on, but um, no, I think that they they love their football, and I think they were loving you know having this game at home. And unfortunately for for Bills fans and great for Chiefs fans, they went and and really uh, kind of crushed some dreams tonight. Did you happen to see any Bills fans pile driving onto tables in the pregame parking lot? There were a couple videos. I didn't <laughs> see anything first firsthand. We got in before that happened, but. Uh, you know, I did. I did. I did glance up and see. You know, Jason Kelsey with his shirt off. Oh heavens! That's, close, that's uh, close enough. I asked Travis about it after the game, and I said, I said, you know, have you seen the have you seen the videos yet? And he goes, Nah. Somebody sent me a picture. I, I think I know what happened. I said, Well, <laughs> picture picture your brother uh, uh, jumping out of the suite, uh, hammering a beer, and then jumping back in the suite. And he kind of just laughed and shook his head, and he's like, Well, we're athletes, <laughs> <laughs> and so. Uh, uh, I'm sure they'll get a, a good, you know, bit of commentary out of that in their podcast yes. this week. But uh, it was it was it was quite a scene, and you know, to go in and win a game like that, if you're the from a Chiefs perspective, uh, in a true hostile, angry road environment, uh, feels pretty sweet. Job's not done, and I think this team knows that. Uh, going to Baltimore won't be easy either. So, uh, but they're pretty happy to live another day. Hmm. Let me ask you this about the offense this year, because these are some record low numbers for Patrick Mahomes, and a lot has been made of the fact that this year the defense has actually been the stronger unit and how many times the defense has bailed out the offense when they desperately needed it. Why the struggles offensively? Well, I think they, the beginning of the season, really for a good portion of the season, I think they tried to, they tried to give as many opportunities as possible to the wide receiver group. And I think what's been good in the playoffs is that they just really narrowed the list. Um, it was, I, I compared a little bit to uh, a little bit to college basketball where you have the, the non-conference where, you know, you're, you're, you're playing 10 or 12 guys. And then by the time you get to the conference season, you're whittling down to seven, maybe eight players and your mm-hmm. rotation just gets smaller. 
kind of what the Chiefs did. I think they were looking for wide receivers specifically to, to grab and, and fill roles. And for the most part, they didn't, other than Rashi Rice's emergence, which has been great um, because, you know, you, you got the rookie to be almost a 1,000-yard receiver and to be your primary wide receiver target. Um, a lot of the others may be disappointed. Well, in the postseason, they've leaned on the run game and Isaiah Pacheco. Um, Patrick hasn't tried to force as many things to as many different people, and they've just narrowed the, the list. Uh, I think it was kind of like that again tonight. Uh, while uh, Kelsey and Rice are going to get theirs, everybody else right now is, well, the ball's going to come to you limited times, and you better make plays. And, uh, you know, MVS uh, stepped up and, and did that uh, tonight, but there's not going to be a lot of opportunities outside of Kelsey and Rice. And I think they're playing to their identity, this year's team identity offensively. It wasn't what they thought it was going to be before the season, but I think they're playing more towards the reality of what it is now. How much do they miss Eric Bieniemy? Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, I think you know, from a, maybe not as much from a schematic standpoint because you do have Andy Reid and you do have Matt Nagy, both very experienced offensive guys, and we know Andy Reid commands the offense. But a little bit of the uh, in-your-face, hold you accountable, seemingly has been a little bit missing. So I think that that component, that dynamic that they had when that entire group was together. Was it's fair to say it was probably missing at some point in time. Um, you know, you you you'd like to think that you have enough, I guess, bad cops, as it were. <laughs> but 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 seemingly he was the guy that that wasn't afraid to to get in people's faces and 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 hold them accountable and correct mistakes. And you know, I think it was that was felt at certain times this year offensively that you know that they they were lacking some discipline and some uh, some I guess consistency for a lot of the season. And so. Yeah, I think some of that you could point to it. Schematically, though, hard to tell. I mean, this is Andy Reid's offense, and, and Matt Nagy's been in it for a while as well. So you can't say that they really missed anything from that regard. But I think from the accountability perspective, yeah, probably uh, probably need to find somebody who, who's a little more willing to do that. Uh, Andy Reid uh, is a guy that is, is pretty soft-spoken. Uh, players respect him. They want to they wanna work for him, those types of things. Uh, Matt Nagy is a really good players coach, but he's probably more so the, like, I'll, I'll put my arm around you and lift you up. And then I think you need that balance, right, of that, that person that's going to flip the script every once in a while. Um, it's, it's a hard dynamic, I think, to point. We need to go find a person that does that. But <laughs> I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they don't try to find somebody that could be a little more uh, you know, harsh when it needs to. Interesting. Okay, so more a little more accountability. Uh, before I let go, Josh, because it's been a long day, long travel for you, and it's probably cold, uh, <laughs> how do you think they match up with Baltimore? Well, if there was something that was a little bit uh, difficult tonight, it was the it was stopping the run game, and so gave up what 185, 186 right. yards, I think, on the ground tonight. And so uh, you expect more of the same with the quarterback, right? I think what what the Chiefs did in this game was I thought, you know, first half Josh Allen did about whatever he wanted to, and then they were able to uh, really kind of corral his maybe off script stuff or his ability to improvise and those types of things. Well. You're going to run into another quarterback that's very good at that, very good at running the football and very good at improvising. And so I think it's, uh, you know, kind of stopping the run game first uh, next week. And then offensively, I, you know, I think the Chiefs are in a nice little pocket right now. It, it, it hasn't been the same as other years, but I think right now, as I mentioned before, they're playing better to their identity, which is get Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco going, um, get the ball to Kelsey, get the ball to Rice. And then, uh, you know, try to convert a little bit better in the red zone. You know, I think that that's been a little bit of an issue um, leaning on the kicker who's been fantastic. And we saw in a game tonight, right, how good a kicker can be. 
and how good a kicker or a, a lack of a kicker can be. Uh, Harrison Butcher's been nails, so right. um, I think it's it's playing to that identity and, and stopping the run. So Josh Klingler and Mitch Holtis and Danon Hughes will be part of, well, they'll be the broadcast crew along with the technical group that will travel to Baltimore for the AFC Championship. And uh, Josh has always got good stuff on not just whenever we have him on the show, but on the pre and post game. And then as well, uh, when you can hear on the sidelines, I suppose that's a prerequisite. And it seemed loud there. So I'm impressed that you can deliver reports. <laughs> Sometimes not able to hear yourself, uh, but you can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Klingler, and we're going to let him go because the poor guy's got a show in how many hours? Three? Two? Uh, let's see. I, I don't want to do the math, but <laughs> yeah, under we're we're off uh, locally in Kansas City uh, in under three hours. Oh, yeah, my go and, gosh. I'm going to go home, take a shower, uh, let the dogs out, kiss the wife, and head back in, oh, I think. All right. Well, be safe. Thank you so much <laughs> for uh, making sure you had a few time, a few minutes for us, Josh. Always fun, Amy. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my gosh, poor guy. Isn't that the same thing that happened with Sal Capaccio last week when we had him live getting off the team plane uh, in Buffalo? No, they weren't. He wasn't off the team. That was week, was that week 18? When did we have Sal? It was week 18, right, from right, Miami? Division, yeah. That's right, just off the plane. And so he did the same thing, joined us in this middle hour uh, right after the Bills plane had landed back in western New York, and and they had all kinds of Bills mafia there to greet them. I didn't ask Josh whether or not there were fans at the airport, but he was still scraping ice off his car when he took producer Jay's call. So big deal for the Chiefs to be able to do this on the road, maybe answer some of those questions. Although, I don't know, if you are familiar with what this team has done so far in the playoffs, it's not that I expected them to beat the Bills. I really did think it would go down to the wire, and it did. But I think this team is impervious to pressure. I don't think a road playoff game is a whole lot of much to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the leadership on this team. They've been through so many battles together. Plus, they had a shirtless Jason Kelsey up there exulting with his his beer. Okay. Like, I've seen that enough. Uh, one listener on our Facebook page said she'd rather see 50 shots of Jason Kelsey's hairy belly uh, with his beer in the suite than another shot of Taylor Swift. And I guess I don't get that. What's the big deal? <laughs> it's not like it's any different than any other athlete with his celebrity wife or girlfriend. Uh, we see wives and family members and girlfriends all the time. What's the big deal? Why do people hate seeing Taylor Swift so much? She's extremely popular for a reason. So maybe there's a few people who don't want to mix their football with their celebrities. But come on, this is pretty standard for the NFL. Anytime there's a celebrity on the sidelines, anytime there's a celebrity in a booth, every time Roger Goodell attends a game, we get shots of it. And she's a worldwide phenomenon, and it's harmless. She's just there to to be a fan. Who cares? I guess I don't get the vitriol for some reason. Um, I mean, there's obviously a lot of people that are excited to see her, too. And, and good for Travis. Uh, finally has two touchdowns, and it's been a while since he had a breakout game. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You can vote for Monday MVP. Why is Lamar Jackson a candidate? We'll get to the Ravens who get to host the AFC Championship game next Sunday. Baltimore with its time in the sun. That's straight ahead. After Hours. (laughs) We just showed our butts. (laughs) Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Play of the drive, two tight ends, second down and goal from the three. Off the play fake, Jackson steps up in the pocket, throws to his left. He's got Aguilar. Touchdown, Ravens. A three-yard pass by Jackson. And Nelson Aguilar, who had five regular season touchdowns, picks up the postseason score. Sims back deep to receive at the 32. Stout punts it from left to right. It's a good one. A lot of hang time. Sims takes it to the 33. He's assessing. Gets to the far hash and then along the hash on the far side. He bursts inside Ravens territory. Cuts to the left inside the 35. Now the 30. Sideline 15. High stepping five. Into the end zone. A punt return for a touchdown for Steven Sims. Jordan Stout had a chance to get him. He missed him, but so did so many others. It's a 67-yard return. And the Texans are a point away from tying this game up. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Like every other game divisional weekend, this was a tight one at half. In fact, it was tied at 10. Ravens-Texans in the first game of divisional weekend. Man, going back now, not quite 48 hours ago, but 36 hours ago. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens had their 11-play, six-minute march that results in the Nelson Aguilar touchdown. And then on their next drive, when they punt, the Ravens give up a 67-yard return for a touchdown. Steven Sims of the Houston Texans. Tom McCarthy with the calls there on Westwood One on Saturday. Yeah, something else that stood out, and this is a credit to the Ravens fans in their own stadium, uh, M&T Bank. Eight penalties by the Texans in the first half, and several of them were pre-snap penalties. So that noise was getting to C.J. Stroud and his offensive line. So 50 yards of penalties in the first half for the Texans. And once they come out of the locker room, you can see the experience of Lamar Jackson, certainly the experience of the coaching staff, which includes a John Harbaugh who's already been to a Super Bowl and won going back to 2013. Three straight touchdown drives 
for the Baltimore Ravens. And before you know it, this game is out of reach. Second and two, Jackson out of the gun, runs the pocket to his right, throws toward the end zone, leaping grab, Isaiah Likely, over the top of Derek Stingley, touchdown Ravens, 15 yards from Lamar Jackson, it's 23-10 Baltimore. Holding himself, runs to the left, he's to the five, Lamar's in, touchdown Ravens, they're going to have a championship game in Baltimore because the haze in the barn. Three straight touchdown drives for the Ravens as they almost surgically put away the Texans in the second half. Lamar has a pair of rushing touchdowns and also the pass to Isaiah Likely as a 15-yarder that was over the top for the score. Seven-minute and seven-minute and ten-second drives in the fourth quarter for the Ravens. That's demoralizing and also wears out a defense with the way that they come at you and how physical and tough they are. And when the dust settled, the Ravens had rushed for 229 yards. You thought it was impressive what the Bills did, and it was 186 yards rushing, but 229 against that D'Amico Ryan's defense. Lamar himself was at 100 yards rushing, and had a couple of scores on the ground, two through the air. Ravens, no hint of their earlier red zone struggles uh, this season. Four for five in the red zone. They hold the ball for 15 minutes longer than do the Texans. And this is also impressive to C.J. Stroud, the rookie QB, and that young Texans offense. Only 10 first downs given up. Remember, it was tied at 10 at the half, but only 10 first downs surrendered. 34-10 is the final score, and at halftime, even though they were tied, apparently Lamar Jackson stood up, and they got to hear him use some choice language. The locker room was good. I think everybody's just kind of a little, little edgy. You know, we all we all a little edgy. I mean, I talked to him last night. Like, how, how, I don't even know how we feel. None of us know how we feel. We feel we're excited for the opportunity, but we're, we're edgy and we're mad. You know, we got a lot to prove, and I felt that was kind of the feeling in the locker room at the game, and everybody just kind of just took a deep breath and said, all right. You know, it's it's zero to zero. Gave up a big punt return. It's our game to go win. We gotta go take it. Lamar Jackson in his fifth playoff game. The Ravens in the AFC Championship, and as the top seed, the best record in the NFL, they will be hosting the defending Super Bowl champions. A lot of opportunity there. He is one of our candidates for TD of the week. You've got Lamar. You've got Isaiah Pacheco from the AFC, and then Christian McCaffrey and Jared Goff from the NFC, and that poll is up on our show Twitter after our CBS, and also we're offering almost like a therapy booth at the fair. You can just come tell us your troubles. Uh, we, we are happy to hear from you on either Twitter or Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence. Phone number 855-212-4227. So what adjustments did they make to be able to pull away in the second half? We talked a little bit about just pass rush lanes. We talked a little bit about what defenses we were going to be in. Then offensively, we talked a little bit about completions, a little bit about uh, a profit game, you know. Let's get the thing going, not try to push the ball downfield quite as much. I think that also helped open up the run game a little bit. So Lamar did a great job. A lot of that was his thinking as well. I mean, he was all over uh, what he thought we needed to do uh, in the second half. Collaborative effort for sure. Todd deserves a lot of credit. I thought he called a great game, especially in the second half. Just resilient, um, you know. They were dropping the ball quite quite a few times, and you know we just stayed in there, held our ground. Uh, Bimba don't break. Uh, you know everybody locked in when we absolutely needed to, and we got the job finished. 
This Baltimore Ravens defense is brute strength. (laughs) They are brutes, actually. (laughs) Patrick Queen talking about that defensive effort. And yes, they gave up. Well, the defense didn't. Special teams gave up the punt return TD. But otherwise, this defense really locked down C.J. Stroud. And so his rookie season comes to an end. Uh, We'll hear from Lamar coming up. But C.J. Stroud... if he's not the offensive player of the offensive rookie of the year, excuse me, well, it's only because it turns out to be Puka Nakua. But CJ, part of the reason why the future is bright for the Texans. It's been a heck of a, heck of a year. Um, and I think D'Amico hit on the nail. Our future is bright, man. I know I'm upset right now, but I'm really just blessed looking back on this year. This opportunity we had today to play in front of millions of people again, you know, it's, um, I'm just really grateful to God. Just on all the opportunities that he's blessed me with. Most important job for quarterbacks is to make everybody around him better. This team was was a team full of fighters. I mean, pressure's a privilege, and it's hard. Like, it's, the stand up here is, may seem easy out there, but it's hard. You know, I work really hard. I appreciate you guys for the whole year. Their effort, right, being relentless throughout this entire season, proud of them for, you know, getting to this, this moment. We know this is, it's not a moral victory of just being here. It's not what we... You know, set out to do, but proud of our team. This team um, accomplished a lot this this year, and um, just looking forward to to the future. I like that from D'Amico. Already looking forward to the future. They have so much to build on. Let's be fair. Very few people expected them to have this much success this early in the tenure of D'Amico and C.J. Stroud, and not just them, but there's other young guys on this team, too. They're really young. Love the emergence of Nico Collins. Uh, That's been a lot of fun to see, too. And the way that uh, they... The way that they kept their heads down and just took care of business this year, not a lot of hype and pomp and circumstance, just real business-like, and that reflects the calm of their head coach, D'Amico. Devin Singletary... I mean, nobody rushed well for Houston on Saturday, but Devin Singletary has been great for them, too. Uh, You think about Dalton Schultz, who's kind of found a new home there. Uh, Some of the others that have played critical roles. And the defense, too, has been so good. Uh, So, yeah, to have 10 wins this season in their first year together and to win the AFC South, it kind of reminds you of the Jaguars this time last year, right? And the fact that they also won a playoff game after stealing the AFC South from the Titans. So can the Titans, sorry, the Titans, can the Texans actually build on this? Because the Jaguars took a major step back. Uh, but when they left the door wide open, it was the Texans who grabbed the opportunity. Uh, so the AFC South has maybe got some competition now at the top. As for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson is... Uh, right now, the favorite, the voting's done, of course, but he's the favorite to win his second NFL MVP award. But what has he told us whenever he has the opportunity? I want to be a billionaire and I want to be a champion. I mean, that's what he says. He's talked about how it's the Super Bowl wins that drive him. Uh, and a lot of people have looked at his playoff record and have kind of said it's, you know, it's not impressive. He can't do it in the postseason. I don't even got to hear it. I see it, you know. But it is what it is. I really don't care about what people say. You know, I'm, I'm trying to win um, day in, day out. Every time I'm on that field, I'm trying to play to the best of my ability. Those guys just had, you know, had our team number in the past. But it's a different team, like I've been saying. And we just got to stay locked in on what's ahead of us. Lamar Jackson said he did most of the talking at halftime. And it was a lot of cursing. That's a direct quote from Lamar.
I guess he wasn't using the word show them your butts or using the phrase show them your butts. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the Texans were a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next season. But the Ravens have been among the best teams in the NFL all season long. They've got the best record. They've earned the right to host this AFC championship. And, you know, it kind of dawns on me that we could end up with a repeat matchup. I'm not saying a repeat game, of course. Lamar wasn't there. Brock Purdy wasn't there. But the game in 2013, which actually featured the other Harbaugh brother, right? It was Jim Harbaugh who was coaching the Niners when they played the Ravens in the Super Bowl in 2013. That was the, the Colin Kaepernick as the quarterback uh, and Joe Flacco for the Ravens, right? So it was it was Colin and it was Joe. Uh, Joe still in the league uh, for half the season, but we could end up having... The same matchup as our first few months here at CBS Sports Radio. We went on the air January 1st, 2013, and our very first Super Bowl that we talked about was Ravens and Niners in New Orleans in 13. Now, this year, it's in Vegas for the first time ever, but there's still the potential for the two top seeds to make it. And and I guess full circle, that would be crazy, right, in 2024, so 11 years later to have the same two franchises. All right, coming up, we'll do a little QB news just to hear from the quarterbacks who played this weekend. Uh, this The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. We've got one of them. We have one of them. We have one of them, two of them, in our Monday MVP poll, one from each conference. So check that out. It's on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. Here's our latest sports update. Been a billionaire. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Been a champion. See? You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it tossed? Oh my goodness, it's tossed. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper Cup's got it. Touchdown, LA. Burrow back to throw. Looking. Firing deep go. for Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's yeah. got it. Yes. Touchdown. Yes. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mahomes fires for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Kansas City! Hand off to Eckler again. No, Herbert keeps it. End zone touchdown, Chargers! Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo! Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. Divisional weekend through the eyes of our eight quarterbacks. 
Man, all shapes and sizes, all different ranges of age and experience and what they've seen, where they've played. Postseason debuts this season versus a ton of games under their belts. It was an eclectic mix, and yet they all earned their spots here. But we only move on with four. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were playing their first road game. This one at Buffalo since Pat took over as the starting quarterback, and they were prepared. Right. I think guys took it as a challenge. Um... I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I'll say that we played in the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. We lost that one. I didn't like to bring that one up. But, I mean, it's <laughs> it's we've played basically road road playoff games before. Um, but, uh, I mean, we just come in with the same mindset. If we're going to come together, put our best foot forward, and see if we can come out with a win. And that takes uh, the mentality throughout the week. It takes every single play executing. Um, and we did a great job of that today, and we are able to score enough to win. The job that our offensive line did, that's a good group, nine, nine defensive linemen that can play. And they rotate those guys, so you're hitting fresh bodies uh, every time that uh, every series that you get them. I, I thought our offensive line did a nice job. I, I, Patrick and and uh, Kelsey with the record that they they broke there, with Gronk and Tom. I mean that was a great job there. Kelsey had two touchdowns and some big catches. Sixteen playoff touchdowns together, which is the most ever for a receiver and or for a quarterback and a tight end in the postseason and Patrick with a 131.6 passer rating which is damn good in those conditions they also needed the run game so it was all hands on deck uh, you've heard both these quarterbacks Pat and Josh Allen talk about their relationship they sometimes golf in the offseason they're pretty tight and there was a moment that they shared following the game what did Pat say to him I said heck of a year man uh, it's I mean, I've, I've been on the other side of that. Uh, it's tough. You put in so much effort and work every single game um, to play in these playoff games, and he played his tail off. Um, and and gave, they gave them a chance to win the game. Um, we were just able to come out with the win in the end. Um, but that's two great football teams, uh, two great um, offenses, defenses, everything uh, going at it, and uh, we were able to come out on top this week. Another painful loss for the Bills. Third time in four years, their run is ended by the Chiefs. And there were moments post-game when Josh didn't know what to say. Um, sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home sucks. You just losing sucks. I don't know what else to say. Not a whole lot needs to be said. So it's the Chiefs that move on to battle the top-seeded Ravens in the AFC next Sunday. Lamar Jackson, 252 yards of total offense and four touchdowns. And boy, you can look at the relationship with his new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, and know it's been productive. For your OC to, you know, trusting you to be out there and putting, his team, putting our team in a, in a great situation, that's all I need, and we're going to go from there. The first ever AFC Championship game will be played in Baltimore since 1970. We're excited about that. And our fans are going to get a chance to cheer just as loud or louder than they did in this game. And they were amazing. Six false start penalties. I thought our fans were incredible, man. It was deafening out there. So credit to our fans, first of all. Coaches and players, I thought, did a great job. Second half adjustments were, were, were really strong. And Lamar just played out of his mind along with our defense. Everybody did. So proud of our guys. It's the first step. Uh, the next step is in front of us. We'll find out who we play. 
after tomorrow, and we're looking forward to it. Well, it's the Kansas City Chiefs coach, 3 o'clock Eastern time in Baltimore next Sunday. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio, shifting our attention to the NFC. No, did I say? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's not forget C.J. Stroud before we move to the NFC. Uh, C.J. Stroud, great rookie season, and the, and the Texans can build. The foundation we set is is a hard, hard one built on rock, like D'Amico always talks about. But um, yeah, man, I'm gonna continue to work my tail off next year to make the city of Houston proud, make my my family members proud, make God proud. A lot of people are proud of C.J. Stroud and claiming him in Houston already. Okay, now on to the NFC, where Jared Goff has the benefit of one of the best offensive lines in all of football. Frank Ragnow was on and off the field on Sunday, but Manny toughed it out to remain out there for those final snaps. He's fought through a whole hell of a lot that um, a lot of people don't even know what he's fought through um, physically and and uh, yeah, to get himself here, and, and yeah, not just him, but Taylor, obviously, Jonah, um, unfortunate to miss him, but I thought Yodi stepped in great. Graham's played really well, and, and so has Panay, obviously. And so yeah, it's, it's been a, such a great group, and we've relied on them all year, and um, I'm certainly uh, you know, telling myself how lucky I am to play behind them every week. Mm, three straight scoring drives in the second half for the Lions. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield gets picked off by Derek Barnes in the final minute to seal it. It sucks. I feel like my heart just got ripped out, but it's football is a complex game, but it's also simple. It comes down to taking care of the ball. And in two-minute drives like that, when you know you're going to have four downs to use, um, just a, a bad, bad mistake by me. And it sucks because I know what type of group we've had all year that we fought to get to this point. We fought to be in that game. We weren't supposed to be here by any measures, but we believed in each other and we fought for it. And so... Um, yeah, this, this one's going to weigh on me for a while. And he is a free agent, technically, when this season is done. Actually, the interception was with about a minute 40 to go, so let me just correct that. NFC Saturday night, Brock Purdy leading the Niners to a come-from-behind win over the Packers. Earlier this year, we had games like Cleveland and Minnesota and Cincinnati at, at one point. Like, you know, you're down and you got to find a way. It's fourth quarter. It's the NFL. Um and then obviously we're in the postseason now, so we were all like, all right, this is it. You know, this is our season. And so um, for us to capitalize like that was huge for all of us. And then obviously for myself as a quarterback, like it's good for confidence and all that. But um, we have too many good players, man, on this team. So many players that are difference makers and we got a great defense. And so for us to not find a way, um, just wasn't. it's not right. So um, for us to finally have a game like this and, and pull through at the end was, was huge for all of us. And that same defense came up with a game-sealing interception off Jordan Love, Dre Greenlaw's second of the game Saturday. Play broke down, was scrambling right. Um, saw Christian over the middle and, uh, you know, tried forcing one into him. Thought I could make the play. Um, didn't see the backside, so, you know, they made a great play. Jordan Love's two interceptions on Saturday were more than he's had in the previous nine games combined. Remember, he had one interception in nine games, including their victory over the uh, Dallas Cowboys in the wild card round. And so what a run by Jordan Love. He certainly established himself with the youngest team in football. Matt LaFleur proves to be a brilliant coach, even post Aaron Rodgers. So many great stories, and yet we're down to the final four. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.